I mean, honestly, if I could take a break from this and trust any of you to run it, I might. You know, actually, it's funny. I had a dream about hosting the podcast once. Whoa. 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 Just saying, can, we, can you explain this? Had uh, you killed me? No, no. You, you had asked me to do it or something, and I was kind of stressed about it because you know how when you start the podcast, in my dream, I was stressed about it. I was like, I can't recreate that, and the listeners are going to be disappointed at not being greeted by this. this. And that was just about the extent of it, I think. <laughs> Hello, I'm your host, Samuel Hansen, and you're listening to Combinations and Permutations, episode 47. Brought to you by AcmeScience.com. On this week's episode, I bring in three supposed experts on the subject in that they actually teach this subject, that being trigonometry. But in the end, we find out that Juan wins. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Combinations and Permutations. I am your intrepid, valiant, amazing, awesome, incredible, and uh, other awesome, incredible, valiant adjectives host, it, Samuel Hansen. And I to. am not going to be interrupted. That's right. I am not going to be interrupted during my introduction where I get to talk about how great I am. Well, that's, that's really about it. We're a math podcast. Uh, uh, we're actually the only math podcast that doesn't actually matter. All the other math podcasts matters. Ours doesn't. And that is why you listen to us, because we have the freedom to do, say what needs to be said about mathematics because we are not under the eyes of mainstream media. We are not under the microscope here at Combinations and Permutations. So since we get to skate by, we get to, well, honestly, we don't say anything important. But uh, we do have guests uh, who tried to interrupt me, but I did not let them. First up, the flatmate himself, Mr. Nathan Rowe. I just want to say that in real life, Sam is even less humble. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, for your, for your information. Uh. And Nathan is actually that passive-aggressive all the time. Next up, the beardsman, the lumberjack, Cody Palmer. Again, thank you. I, the beardsman, I love that name. That was, I think it's, to be known for my beard is... I think maybe something I've been striving for my entire life. You know what you might want to do is go to the forum, uh, acmescience.com slash forum, and post a picture of your beard so that everyone can get a nice view of why you have the official beard of combinations and permutations. We might want to take a picture of Nathan's, too, and show exactly why he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, finally, we have the one man show, the... Juan Show Wonder. I, I uh, like yeah, that the one Juan Show Wonder, the uh, Juan Show Verde. Uh, <laughs> that's not even a thing. I don't know where that one came from. Uh, Juan Mariscal. Buenos dias. Yeah, it's been a while. I think. I, I think when... I still managed to get your last name right. Like I'm always just impressed yeah, that yeah, I, I pronounce I pronounce your last name correctly. I mean, it only took me three days of practice. Yeah, it takes lots of people, uh, many people, a long time to get it down. 
but I guess you are just you're just so amazing. You know, I can't do this. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And this you. is why I like Cody the most. <laughs> Cuz when he says nice things about me, I could tell you tell that he at least wants me to think that he means it. <laughs> Okay, and so here on Combinations of Permutations, uh, we might not matter, but we always do talk about subjects that do, and that is always our topic. And so I actually have been trying to get these three people, uh, Juan, Cody, and regrettably Nathan, together into a room uh, so that we can talk about this specific topic because they are the three people I know that are actually most knowledgeable on this topic, uh, that being trigonometry. Oh, Okay, sure. <laughs> well, you've all taught it. Well, what's that? Trig. Trig? Oh, that, yeah. yeah. That, that, <laughs> that stuff right. with... Well, you, you know what they say, those who can't do, teach, so... <laughs> uh, it, that's just mathematicians in general. Yeah. We don't do anything. <laughs> okay, and so uh, we're going to talk about uh, trigonometry here today uh, with three people who have actually taught this and helped form the knowledge of trigonometry into the malleable minds of students at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Uh, now, uh, Juan, what exactly is trigonometry? Um, that would be, I mean, you get the, tr the tri and trig that are in trigonometry. Uh, means that it's based on these triangles and the functions that were defined on them. Those okay, it's, it's, it's just a study of triangles. Um, hey, let me, I'm getting there, <laughs> asshole. Why, why did you even <laughs> ask him? <laughs> so that I could yell at him. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Study of triangles. But, but you know, it's it expands further. expanded further. beyond yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, in, a, in its it, most started. basic form. And yeah. what, what type of triangles in particular? Right triangles. Yeah, I was going to say purple ones. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty ones. <laughs> Green triangles rule. I'm just saying. Purple no. triangles? Purple. No. Green. Purple. Why would you study a green triangle? Red pants. He has red <laughs> pants on, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, I, 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 I am going to, uh, for my own tangent here for a second, point out that I tangent. have been yelled at. I have been yelled at. Uh, yes, that is. Tangent is a uh, tri trigonometry oh thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hello. Uh, and, and I want to point out that uh, in my last set of evals, I was yelled at for being uh, egotistical and pretentious, which I really can't argue with too much because I am both of those rather obviously. You can't argue with this next thing either. Uh, and I should dress in less flamboyant colors. Which no, is sure, clearly true. Clearly, especially <laughs> to the viewers who haven't even seen you. I'm sure that... I'm sure they. We even. don't have any viewers. Okay. We're, we have listeners. <laughs> okay. We're an audio podcast. <laughs> no, your colors are so flamboyant that. <laughs> okay. I'm wearing a light Somehow blue they shirt radiate and, through them. and like it, it, these pants are kind of like a faded red. It's not like that's bright not, red. Yeah, that's not a flamboyant red. That's kind of like a um, ugly. It, it is. It is particularly they are uh, Dockers. Uh, uh, khaki's desert rose. I was thinking more like watered down blood, but <laughs> <laughs> I like yours more. Okay, so uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to complain about that to everybody uh, and to elicit, you know, some emails at samuelacmescience.com uh, telling me that I should continue dressing in even brighter and more flamboyant colors uh, throughout my career as a graduate assistant. I, I've, I've nowhere. I, I don't even know what I'm doing today. 
like my, my mind is not, not working correctly. You should have asked my students after their lecture today. Uh, so trigonometry, that's what we're talking about. Yay. Uh, okay, so uh, Nathan, basically, uh, like, what do you first start learning? Well, like, what's the basics of trigonometry? Well, every, I, this is my seventh time teaching the course, starting like two, yesterday. And each day I, I do the first day a little bit different. But my favorite way I've started off, like the very first thing I taught my students was... Um, how to calculate uh, the the length around Hello Kitty's head. Um, as you know, assuming assuming Hello Kitty, you know, you, you have to fix Hello Kitty's side because size because Hello Kitty can vary in size a little bit. But but that, size from stupid to extremely stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but that's that's less. Le I mean, that's using trig first as applied to circles and coming from the unit circle and things like that and then switching to triangles. So instead of teaching triangles first, I teach trig by, uh, by looking at circles and then embedding triangles within yeah. circles. No, that's, a, that's actually a much more modern yeah, view of trigonometry. I, I if you uh, go back, I mean, this is from, uh, you know, I'm looking at Wikipedia, the Wikipedia as I, as I tend to. Uh, trig actually started uh, with, it, with the Greeks. I mean, that, no, that no, shouldn't no. be any real surprise. They were the people who originally said a lot of geometry and trig, obviously, is quite closely tied to geometry. It actually started with uh, the chord, not, not with, you know, sine, cosine, tangent. It does start with a chord. And uh, the chord of a curve is a geometric line segment whose endpoints both lie on the outside of a circle. So actually, it did start with circles, even, even mm. for the Greeks. So I was wrong on that. Uh, Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the sine function was first defined in uh, Surya Sid, uh, Siddhanta. Surya Siddhanta. Uh, and then... Uh, uh, what, what time frame are we looking at? What is that name? It's Greek, prior... Or is that That's a, Indian, that's actually. That's an Indian uh, name? It was prior to 5th century when uh, the astronomer Aryabhata... Uh, uh, really started documenting the properties of the sine function. So since the sine function is the first trigon a trigonometric function that is well known uh, to the people who will be listening, because chord is not something that we really study too much in trig anymore, why doesn't someone uh, explain what the sine function is and what it's used for? Um, okay, so uh, in, in the course that we teach, uh, you end up defining the sine function two ways either the sine of a real number or the sine of an angle. Now, I, I prefer the, to me, thinking of sine as a function of an angle is more intuitive to me. So if you have a right triangle and you take one of the angles uh, that is not the right angle, not the 90-degree angle, then the sine of that angle is the ratio of the length of the side opposite to that angle and the length of, uh, divided by the hypotenuse. Of that triangle, the length of the hypotenuse of the triangle, and a little a little bit of proof has to be done to show that to show that that's well defined. And for any two tri any two right triangles with that base angle, um, the sine of that angle will be the same as defined this way. Um, and you do that by you just notice that you share three angles, and when you share th when you share three angles of a triangle, um, you're a similar triangle. So um, you can you mm -hmm. you can set up similar triangle ratios, and then it immediately proves that those ratios will always be equal when that 
base angle mm -hmm. is equal. Mm -hmm. So so this this definition is well defined. It's the same for triangles, no matter what. I mean, it's defined based on an angle. It doesn't matter the lengths of the sides. Um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, one one interesting thing, especially about the history of trig, uh, was that I mean, it started with the Greeks, as as I was talking about, and then it was expanded by the Indians, and then uh, later expanded by you know the Islamics and Arabic uh, cultures as well, and it was developed independently by the uh, Chinese culture, but the European cultures actually lost trigonometry, pretty much completely, uh, so much so that when uh, Copernicus uh, when was this? Copernicus in the 16th century. So in the 1500s, when he wrote on the revolutions of heavenly spheres, which I believe we've talked about uh, on the podcast before at Probably. some point. I think when you were talking about polyhedra, because he defined oh. his, uh, his uh, heavenly sphere, like his solar system was defined using polyhedra in a really weird fucking yeah. way. Mm -hmm. um, and when he was writing about that, he actually devoted two entire chapters of that book to explaining the basic concepts of trigonometry. O only two? Well, yeah, but two chapters <laughs> in in a yeah. you know in a higher level book to explain basic concepts of trig. I mean, whereas uh, like the Islamic uh, medieval Islamic mathematicians had already been using it in the 10th century to do spherical trigonometry. So, I mean, well beyond just our basic trigonometry had already been done, but the Europeans had completely lost the plot on trig. Hmm. Uh, Spherical mm -hmm. trig's not actually that much more complicated. Well, um, it, they were using it in spherical geometry as well. Right, I know, I yeah. know. It's actually... It, it might not be that much more complicated, but it's, but it's still an expansion beyond where, say, the Greeks had it. Yeah, but okay. it looks like even by the 16th century... You know, 16th century uh, current era, uh, Copernicus. I mean, had to devote you know to exactly what you just defined about sine. Whereas we would expect that you know, since the Greeks had some basic knowledge of trig, that you know, in a book by Copernicus, uh, the, talking about orbits of planets, he wouldn't have to explain that mm. it's the opposite over the hypotenuse. Yeah. So I, I'm not too I, I'm not too familiar with how Copernicus um, built up. Um, well, how, go how back and listen revolution. to the fucking episode, then, I'm asshole. Just, We're not talking about polyhedra here. Piece of shit, here. Sam. You know, I, I'm just trying to catch <laughs> maybe, up. Maybe and... we'll talk about it off air. This is not actually necessary for this episode. Okay. But, um, well, it, it's clear. I mean, you, you have to get the, um, the basic stuff trig in order to, uh, you know, calculate lengths of the polyhedra, you know, whatever. Well, yeah, but, I mean, it's, I mean, it's also, I mean, just useful for... You know, talking about orbits as well. Yeah. I mean, it. I mean, it just. I. I don't know enough about trig to expand on that sentence. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. The the ba trig, as was proved by, um, shit. Who's the guy that did Which Fourier? Point? Fourier. It was oh, proved yeah, by okay. Fourier that every single finitely periodic function is essentially just a trig function. Um, because every single every so, single periodic I mean let, let's function, talk yeah. let's talk for a second about what periodic functions are then cuz i mean sine and cosine are our most basic understanding of mm -hmm. periodic functions come from those two so how about one we should probably define what a periodic function is it's something that that repeats i mean the the technical definition given by mathematics is Wait, it's, there it's exists ridiculous it's a k such that 
I mean, if f is your function, it, it repeats yeah. with yeah. a given period. f of x plus k is equal to f so of x. So specifically, I mean, if you look at say a sine graph, it go it's at zero, it's at zero, then at what pi over pi two over pi. two, well two pi at zero again. But I was trying to explain a bit more of the so then at pi over oh. two it's at one, mm -hmm. at pi it's at zero, at uh, mm -hmm. three pi, pi over, over two, two it's negative one, negative one, and then at pi it's at zero, and then it's just two. it's a wave yeah. function essentially, right? And mm -hmm. so I mean that's our basic definition of, of periods. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the period yeah. is the amount of time it takes before it begins goes back to repeat. Yeah, yeah, it goes back and completes then, an entire cycle. Yeah. Um, right. So anyway. Um, Fourier by by talked about summing up a whole bunch of trig functions to try to approximate any other cyclic function, and it turns out it worked. Um, so every single cyclic, I mean every single cyclic function it, that exists can be written as um, an infinite series uh, of uh, of trig functions. Yeah, which is a trigonometric series. Yeah, so as a trigonometric series, yes. Um, so, so you can approximate arbitrarily close with finitely many, um, and get and get very close to any well any bounded um, periodic function. Otherwise, the cutting it off at any finite point will get you infinitely far away. Uh, whatever. But um, so so it's 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 interesting. I mean that that there. They're the standard waves. When you look at them, they just look like what you picture when you picture a, like a little wave, a sine wave or whatever. Yeah. Um, and those turn out to be the foundation, the only necessary building block, the, like the atoms of, of all, all wave functions, all periodic functions. They yeah. don't even have to be waves. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool that they turned out to be so fundamental. Okay, so I mean, we've talked about sine. Well, there's two other basic trig functions we should probably mention here, being cosine and tangent. Yeah. So who wants to attack cosine? Well, cosine is just you know sine's you know evil twin. They, I mean, they're they. See, I I, I prefer to think that uh, you know the reciprocal ones are the evil twins. Not... Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Okay. Cosecant is sine's evil twin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. well, but we're not okay, talking yeah. about the, that the, yet. We're talking the, about cosine. The, uh, I say twin because cosine sine behave very similarly. They um, it's just if, shifted. If, yeah. it's if you shifted look at the over. graph. Exactly, it's just shifted over by uh, pi over two. Yeah. But um, with secant and cosecant, I guess those are the more evil ones just because they behave, yeah, you know, but they don't what, behave but well let's, at all. Let's talk about, I mean, the graph of cosine, or cosine is just sine shifted. Yeah. But what is, I mean, like the geometric uh, definition for cosine? Um, if we were looking at the right triangle, as Cody mentioned with sine, it would be um, you take an angle that is not the right angle of a triangle. And the cosine of that angle is going to be the ratio between the adjacent leg instead of the opposite leg over the hypotenuse. Um, and the reason why these two functions, sine and cosine, are very similar is just because is very um, their ratios, they, they are only different because you're taking a different leg of the triangle where, in respect, if you were to take the other angle, then you have the same ratio of you, you have you know cosine of the other angle is <laughs> yeah I have no idea yeah you 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 yeah, really no. lost it there. I, you know I was going somewhere for, for a second that <laughs> I was like you know screw this yeah. no um, I mean you can you can pretty quickly just by looking at a triangle figure out exactly the relationship between sine and cosine 
um, because the if you have if one angle is 90 degrees, one angle is labeled theta, then that other missing angle in your triangle 90 minus is 90 degrees minus theta degrees. Right? Because there's 180 yeah. total right. degrees. And in so the, triangle. the sine after Juan gave the definition as adjacent over hypotenuse uh, for cosine, and sine is opposite over hypotenuse. Then the sine of 90 minus theta is equal to opposite over hypotenuse for that angle, which is the adjacent side for the angle labeled theta. So the sine of 90 minus theta is equal to the cosine of, of theta. theta. Yeah. So, so it's just that shift. Well, that's actually kind of a shift and a flip backwards. But, but I mean, there are easier shifts that you can do as well to get between See, them. Okay, when, finally, how about, oh, sorry. Well, when you talk about the relationship between cosine and sine, the first thing I think of Oh, we're not, we're, we're, not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet? No, we're, we're not, not going to do the, the Pythagorean identity? Oh, Pythagorean identity. Oh, oh, you're going Pythagorean. I thought yeah. you were going for the law. Yeah. No, no, oh, okay. no, no, no. Okay. Yeah. I was doing, I was thinking uh, cosine squared plus sine squared equals one. Yeah. Right. That was, that's right. the first thing I think of when I think of the relationship between sine yeah. and cosine. That, that, that's and, also, and yeah, and you can get that right. directly just from the Pythagorean yep. theorem and yep. the uh, ratios. Yep. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the difference, I mean, the reason that that one to me seems a little bit less simple is because it's it's a nonlinear, yeah. I mean, it's just a, a simple linear transformation can, can shift sine and cosine, but, and so you don't realize that subtracting and square rooting and squaring is a, turns into a linear transformation, um, but... I mean. Yeah. Well, now let's let's move to the final uh, the final of the three basic ones that we learned. But this one, at least the graph of it, is fucking screwed up. Uh, there's an I, infinite number of uh, of oh, crap vertical asymptotes. Asymptotes. Thank you. Wow. I cannot believe that I forgot that. It's been so long since I've had to graph uh, nonlinear equations. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, it, it, I mean, there's an infinite number of asymptotes. The graph itself is is kind of funky, and that, of course, is tangent. Yeah, tangent is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, most of the time it involves me talking about Ninja Turtles or Ghostbusters when we're supposed to be talking about something else. That's what we're talking about, right? Tangents. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, <laughs> um, definitely. Huh. Well, well, okay. So when I first heard of tangents, I, you know, it was the same. You have a circle and then a line that touches the circle at exactly one point. Uh, is a tangent know, line is a tangent yeah. line so when you say tangent you know that's what i think a tangent and so i've always wondered now why do they call that particular ratio a tangent and is there a relationship well, between there there um, is a pretty simple one yeah are you uh, gonna you gonna take it um sure and when i first uh bring up uh trig in um the class i teach uh, i talk about the unit circle and you know you walk around the unit circle and you've um, if you pick a point on the unit circle and you draw a line from that point to the center of the circle, there's an angle that you create with the point one zero on the unit circle. Um, if you take the sine of that angle, it will give you the y value of the point that you land on. If you take the cosine of the angle, you land on the x uh, coordinate. The tangent of that angle, um, let's say if we're staying in the first quadrant to be simple, the tangent of that angle will give you the length of the tangent line at the point zero one to the circle. Um, if you were to um, draw the, the line connecting the terminal point to the center to this tangent line at the point zero one, the length of that line will be the tangent oh, of the angle. Um, okay. I was, yeah, I, that, that, 
I mean, I'm sure there's easy. Well, I mean, you, yeah, no, I mean that 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 works. It's more direct. I mean, there, there's also good reason to to think that the cotangent should be the one called tangent, because if you look the way the way Juan described tangent as being the y coordinate divided by the x coordinate, um, gives you if you're measuring from the center of the circle at zero zero, y over x gives you the slope that, of the line that would go through both the center and that point. Um, so the tangent line that goes through that point on the circle would be the negative reciprocal. So it would be negative x over y. So like the negative cotangent is the slope of the tangent line that would go through that point on the circle. So it's weird that tangent is the slope of a line going through it, so it's like the opposite of a tangent line. Um, but, I mean, it's related to tangent lines yeah. for sure because the slope shows up. And tangent, tangent almost immediately gives you slope. Of uh, when you have an angle, you take the tangent of the angle, and that that's the slope of an angle. So, hmm. um, so I I don't know. I like I like tangent. And so okay, slopes, so I mean, you were I mean, talking about yeah. cotangent there for a second. We mentioned cosecant. Now, there's also secant, and these are known as the reciprocal trig functions because they're exactly that. They're reciprocals of the three that we already defined. Now, the odd thing of them is that instead of cosecant being the reciprocal of cosine, which would actually make sense, yeah. it is the reciprocal of sine. And secant is the reciprocal of cosine. <coughs> Cotangent, on the other hand, is just the reciprocal of tangent. I think that the reason that, 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 um, that tangent is with... I mean, sorry, the reason that secant is 1 over the cosine is because tangent has cosine in the denominator. So cosine... Cosines in the denominator, so it's like um, secant is related to tangent in that in that they both have cosine in the denominator, and cosecant is related to cotangent in that they both have sine in the denominator. Um, so I think that that's the reason that it's hmm. named that way. Um, and and it, it also the the Pythagorean identity is the two weirder ones that you don't hear as often. Um, tangent squared plus one equals secant squared relates tangent with secant, and it relates cotangent with cosecant. I just personally think that if we're going to have a secant and cosecant, yeah. cosecant should go with cosine just because it would be easier to remember. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. I mean, that that's my yeah. main well, argument. Well, you know, it could it be... Sounds, it, it sounds was, more right. It was easy for me to remember because I was like, okay, take the way I would normally think about it. <laughs> Flip it, and, reverse it. You know, <laughs> mess it up. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Take the way yeah, that makes yeah. sense and fuck it up because we're mathematicians. <laughs> that's yeah. what we're going to do. Okay, so um, now, uh, I mean, we've talked about the functions. Now let's start talking about some of the laws. Uh, we're going to talk about functions again in a little bit, but not, not quite yet. Uh, so let's, let's start talking about the laws. So, I mean, we have the law of sines, uh, which is what, and why is it important? Um, the law of sines states that the ratio of an angle... I'm sorry, the ratio of a, given any triangle, I'm sorry, I should set up the triangle first. You, you have any triangle, it doesn't have to be a right triangle this time. The ratio of any side of the triangle to the sine of the angle across from it is a constant, okay, for all three sides. So that means that like A over the sine of capital A, if you use the standard nomenclature for sides and angles in a triangle, A over the sine of capital A is equal to B over the sine of capital B is equal to C over the sine of capital C. Um, and there's an extended version of it, which relates it to the length of the x, I mean, so the circumcircle's radius. But um, that's less known, and you might stumble across it in, in like a 10th grade geometry class or whatever. But, but other than that, and 
It's kind of it, yeah. It, it, it equals the radius or the diameter because it's two yeah, times it equals the, the radius. Di- it, yeah, it's equal to the diameter <laughs> of the uh, circumcircles. Yeah, the, the diameter of the circumcircle and what the circumcircle is is. I mean, it's, it's defined. It's yeah. a circle that's defined by the triangle. Yeah, it, it's it's the unique circle that has From all three vertices points, of the yeah. triangle go through. This, I mean, the circle goes through all three vertices. One of the one of the few fun things you can learn in geometry is that you only need three points to define a circle. Right. Uh, the rest of geometry sucks. <laughs> Not <laughs> as much as physics. Having having never taken any geometry, I cannot. Well, uh, Euclidean geometry. I actually like non-Euclidean geometry. Okay, uh, and now there's a law of si- a law of cosines, law of tangents as well. But I mean, it, it's just going to be more gobbledygook us spouting at you. But one of the things uh, that can be very interesting, and I do find very interesting about uh, about trigonometry, is that when you take uh, we had the the Pythagorean identity, sine squared uh, plus cosine squared equals one. Of, of you know, obviously that it's the same angle. Uh, but when you use that, you start getting relationships between, uh, uh, you get relationships between the functions and you can start uh, getting, uh, you know, different ways of equaling and changing around. So what are a couple of the ones that are most used? I'm talking like the formulas here. Um, what double, double angle, half angle. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, well, <laughs> well if, before you get any of them, you need the sum and difference formula. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I don't it's, teach this shit. That's why you guys are on here. It's the grandfather. So yes. go ahead. All right. So the uh, there's uh, two there's two versions of the uh, not two. Or there's a version uh, of an addition formula for sine, an addition formula for cosine. Uh, the addition formula for cosine uh, is the one, at least in in my class, that we derive first, and that's. Um, uh, cosine of a angles a plus b uh, equals cosine of a times cosine of b minus sine of a times sine of b, right. and then right. you apply the cofunction identities, which we were talking about before. The uh, uh, just the fact that sine is a shifted cosine, um, and then you get uh, uh, sine of a plus b is sine of a times cosine of b plus sine of b cosine of a. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the so it's it's pretty cool that if you know the sine and cosine of two different angles, then you can figure out the sine and cosine of those angles summed together, um, if in any in any circumstances. And so it somehow addition does not increase the complexity. Is what is what kind of happens? Adding two adding two angles um, does not increase the complexity of the of the sine and cosine of those angles. So it's it's pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah. and then from those, you just let a equal b to get the double angle formula right, for right. sine and cosine. And then the the one for cosine has these nice properties that allow you to get what's called half angle formulas. Um, and so, so knowing knowing just the sine, well, actually knowing just the cosine, knowing just the cosine of any angle, you can figure out both the sine and the cosine of that angle divided by two. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then that one doesn't. I mean, depending on your definition of complexity, it either it either increases the complex complexity by a factor of two or doesn't increase the complexity. I mean, or well, and then from the half angle formulas, you get the. All right, do you get the formula for lowering powers first? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. that's very useful in calculus too yeah. for some integrals. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I mean, since we're starting to talk about where it's used, I mean, all of this, all of this is fun. We get to 
you know, figure out the lengths of triangle sides and their ratios and that the values of these functions for these angles. But honestly, who the fuck cares? I me. Mean, <laughs> I care, Sam. <laughs> it's very dear to me. Okay. So Nathan cares, but none of you listening give a damn. Uh, and that's because we haven't talked about why it's actually useful. And you just had a bit of a teaser when uh, Cody was talking about calculus. But one, I mean, uh, when you start thinking of how you use trigonometry outside of just basic trigonometry, what really pops into your head? Well, the examples that I like to use in class are examples that um, these people are going to see in the real world. And um, one thing that I like to do is... What do you mean by these people? Uh, my, my students. <laughs> you know, I'm giving... I'm gi Whites. <laughs> He's talking about yeah. the whites. <laughs> so these people. Um, uh, and uh, these examples consist of, especially using when, when we're using laws of sines and cosines, is calculating lengths. Um, you're given um, maybe certain lengths and angles that are very easy to, um, to find, whether you're, you're uh, through measurement or with a, a compass protractor or whatever. And maybe you're trying to find a length that is a little more difficult to find, let's say a height of a building, and you're trying to find, uh, which is uh, clearly unrealistic to calculate it. Uh, why, you can why? use what? Um, oh, 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 unrealistic yeah. to calculate to just measure yeah. directly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, yeah. You, you, of course, you could. Um, uh, th there are methods, but if, if you know, if you're standing around, you have a ruler and a protractor. Law, law of signs give us an easy way to calculate the length the height of a building just by creating those several smaller, similar triangles. Um, I, I remember the first practical use of trig I got. I was, uh, I was nine years old. Were you using a sextant? No, no, no I wasn't. Cause, cause um, that, that's my favorite use of trig. Um, and it has the word sex in it. Uh, yeah. <sighs> sex. Tint. I, yeah. Sex taint. Sex taint. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, it, no, my grandpa, he was, we were outside and we were looking at a tree and it was nice. casting a shadow. Nice. And he's like, you know, you can figure out how high that tree is. from was the... your grandfather Archimedes? <laughs> my grandfather is the coolest person ever. Um, Archimedes. But every, you know, <laughs> yeah. everybody's grandfather is probably the coolest, the coolest grandfather. Mine worked on the Apollo project. See, yeah, <laughs> see. Um, but anyway, he took me out and he's like, okay, so. The other one was an alcoholic. Oh, Wait, I, I don't finish the story. Damn it! Yeah, he took I me out, where this going. He took me outside, and he's like, "Okay, tangent." <laughs> well, yeah, actually, that factors into it. Um, he 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 chose me, and so he's like, "Okay, so measure off the length of the the shadow," and then he he showed me the the what to do with the calculator to actually um um to calculate the height, and it was like. Uh, you you were estimating the angle and stuff like that, but that was that was the yeah. first my first experience with trigonometry was when my grandpa showed me how to measure the height of a tree. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I don't think that I ever. I, I remember one time being in Sequoia National Park and looking up at a tree and going, "I wonder how tall that is." And my dad saying, "Well, let's see if there's a sign." <laughs> okay, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to ask Nathan to uh, give one of the real-world examples he uses because uh, Nathan is a bit known at UNLV for giving the most ridiculous extra credit questions ever. Yes, I have seen some of his. Um, well, that one's harder to apply trig to. Um, oh, I well, thought I you mean, used trig. Trig is, trig is involved, but you need to know a lot about vectors oh, okay. um, and, and what equilibrium and, and things like that. But... but uh, 
in, in a calculus class, I used to love giving, giving this problem where, where you know, because the film majors are like, why the hell would I ever, film majors don't take calculus, but if they did, they actually <laughs> could gain something from it. But so the film majors like, why the hell do I need to learn this? And I'll say, well, suppose that y you are hired to videotape this rocket ship launching and you need to remotely give the instructions to the thing and, and, for, and something about the explosion is going to cut off radio waves or whatever. So you have to program it ahead of time knowing how fast the rocket is supposed to go up so that, it, so that your camera will follow it or whatever. And you can use trig and the derivatives and things like that to easily come up with the rate of change of the vertical angle of the camera so that the camera knows how quickly to, to, it should have to point upward just given the acceleration of the rocket. Um, and, and so it's, not, it's, not, it's a mix of a trig problem with a calculus problem. But, um, but you, can, you can, knowing the acceleration and using, using the tangent function, um, and you have to know the derivative of the tangent, which is secant squared. And, um, you can calculate how quickly your camera needs to, needs to angle upward as the rocket accelerates upward. Oh, um, one of the things that so. I, I do find very interesting about the trig functions uh, is that uh, in, in calculus, they all end up relating to, directly to one another uh, through derivatives and integrals. I mean, as you said, the tangent, uh, derivative of tangent is secant squared. But I mean, the derivative of sine is cosine, derivative of, sine, uh, of cosine is negative sine. I don't remember the rest of the derivative. I don't remember the reciprocal derivatives because they are. Yeah, yeah I always just yeah. derive them on the spot with the, yeah. Quotient, yeah. With the quotient rule. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. another area in calculus that they're very useful for is trig substitution. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of integrals mm -hmm. that you can't, you know, just do. Well, you, you can't look at it and you, just... If you ever said that in front of Dr. Maleshkov, you would be slapped. Uh, um, Yes, uh, there's yeah. without without being a ridiculous calculus genius. There's there's a decent amount that you can't look at and immediately figure out. But trig substitution is something that really allows you to do it. Now, uh, uh, someone else who's done calculus either more recently or remembers more about it, uh, could you please talk now before I dig myself into a further hole by bringing this topic up? I know how to do it. But well, I mean, I've talked like, a lot, and and I'm boring. <laughs> I, I don't care if you're boring, which I, no. which I of course, agree with. Uh, but, I mean, unless Juan or Cody want to pipe up here and what trig substitution is, because I just don't remember it. Well, now that I have not been working in the tutoring clinic for a while, I, have, I am not as familiar with trig substitution. But, yeah, I, I mean, the basics of it. It allows you to, it's a variation on a U substitution, uh, just a regular substitution, that allows you to take advantage of certain identities... Uh, that the trig uh, that the trig functions have uh, the Pythagorean identities uh, generally come up, uh, and which can make the integral uh, a lot easier to do. Is that a good enough summary? I'm that that yeah. is pretty good. Yeah. In, in, right. in how yeah. does it make it easier? Well, using the fact that, for example, sine squared plus cosine squared equals one. Well, if you have a one in an integral versus a sine squared plus cosine squared, that that yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, what do you use it to replace? Like, how do you do this replacement? Well, when you make a U substitution, you're you make a U substitution with some some trig identity. But um, if you just make a U substitution without a, a trig um, a trig function, you know that you have to take the derivative first, see what that's equal to, and maybe you get lucky and it cancels things out. And because uh, the derivatives of trig functions give you several other 
trig functions, you know, tangent, you get secant squared and so on. Uh, sometimes you get real lucky and things cancel out nicely. I think one particular example would be if you're taking the, is it the integral of 1 over the square root of 1 minus x, or is it 1 plus x squared? Either, if you either take one x works. equals yeah, either, tangent. Either one works. Oh, then, when, then you want plus if you're doing tangent. Yeah, so then d yeah. theta equals secant squared, d, or dx equals secant squared d theta, right. and then that becomes, so it becomes secant squared d theta over the square root of 1 plus tangent squared theta, 1 plus tangent squared is secant squared theta, then the square root of secant squared theta is secant theta, but, but that secant the theta cancels with the secant squared, so right. it ends up just being the integral, integral of, of secant theta d theta, and then you have a, yeah. a, a process for substituting. Well, and we, we, that's in the back of the book. The, the integral yeah. for secant is in the back right. of the book. An elementary yeah. example, though, that I can remember. Yeah, yeah that, that, is, that is the classic, for sure. Okay, and so, uh, and that's, that's it for the basic idea of trig. And what we're going to uh, finish on here is a quiz for uh, my three guests. Uh, yeah, uh, and this, this is going to be a very interesting uh, quiz because this is going to involve trig functions that you guys have not heard of. I'm ready. Uh, and I'm going to ask you, I'm either going to give uh, the value and ask you the name, or I'm going to give you the name of the trig function and ask for the value. And it's gonna be open to anyone. Uh, so please feel free to uh, do we have to buzz speak in? up. Uh, you did, yeah, yeah. Are make a buzzing that? noise, and I will I will uh, figure out who did it first, <laughs> and then I'll call on you to give the answer. So the first one that I'm going to bring up is burst cosine. What is the value? <coughs> Cody, is it one minus sine theta? No, one plus sine theta. No, one minus cosine theta. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, that. Does not count as a point for you. Oh. But you meant one. <laughs> no, <laughs> he already he already gave the answer. What? So uh, next up, well, I had no oh, idea what. Uh, actually, no, that still wasn't the answer. Oh really? No. Uh, what's the last thing you had not said? Was it one? Plus one plus cosine, cosine theta. Blah, blah, blah. One one actually gets it there. <laughs> so one gets the point. It's one yeah. plus cosine theta. Is first cosine. So that's the first one. The I still don't. hell is that? I still shit? have no idea. What... Okay, so the next one, I'm going to give you the value. Please give me the name of this trig function. One minus cosine theta. At <laughs> first, is is that the is that the first sign? Yes, it is the what first the sign. What the hell is that? <laughs> Cody, what? Or the first sign, if you want to. Yeah, first sign. I mean, it's uh, it's. It's either done V-E-R-S-I-N of theta, V-E-R-S of theta, or V-E-R of theta. So what the hell are these useful for? I I, I, these are random. other trig functions. These They're are actually useful in navigation. Exactly correct. Do I get a bonus point for yes, that? Yes, you do. Oh my Two God. to one. Nathan still has zero points because okay, he I gotta sucks. Step it up. Okay. <laughs> so now the coversed sign. I got it. I'm, I mean, this is... Um, that would be sine plus cosine? No. Okay. One minus sine. Yes, he is correct. He gets coverse <laughs> sine. <laughs> so that is two to two to Nathan's nil. Okay, so next up is one plus sine theta. What is the name? Yes. The coversed cosine. 
That is correct. <laughs> Very nice. Two Very nice. to Take two that. to one. Next up, one minus cosine theta over two. Bzz. Yes. Verse no. sine over two. Um, <laughs> bzz. Yes. The semi. Nope. Verse. Bzz. No. Cos- <laughs> Cody gets a chance. You're both it, busted. Um, oh, it's uh, it's right there. It starts with like an H, right? Or no? Is it the is it the ha- haver cosine or the haver sine? What is your final answer? Let's go with uh, haver co- haver's cosine. Haver cosine. Er, that is incorrect. What? He is incorrect. So it's now back open to any of you since you've all given an incorrect answer. I'm gonna assume Cody was onto something. If you said what's your final answer, so I'm gonna go with haver's sine. That is correct, sir. Juan picks up a. Third point. I should get a half point for that because I helped him. No, I am sorry, sir. You do not get just, a half point. So yeah. now, Haverst cosine. Matt. Cody. Uh, is it, wait, what was the one you asked before? I guess no. I can't know. <laughs> is that, is Haver cosine? Is that, uh, oh, shoot. But, is it one plus cosine theta over two? That is correct, sir. Tying it up in the front. With three points tied with one. So now, next up, secant theta minus one. No freaking clue. Oh, that's... Um, Is it the haver sign? Oh. If you expand it out, it, it... It's very similar looking to the... Uh... Yeah. But it is not correct. So do we have an answer from either of our other two contestants? <gasps> no. I... Go ahead. I'm interested. Okay. Is it the Haver tangent? No. It is the exterior secant. So next up, <laughs> the chord is... <clears throat> is that one plus sine of theta? No, it is two? not. And <clears throat> Yes. Two sine of theta. No. One plus. No. <laughs> the correct answer is two sine of theta over two. Two uh, sine theta. Wait, hold on. Wait, that doesn't. That matter. is sine of theta. <laughs> no. no two sine of theta over theta two. Theta over two. Okay. Oh, I knew there was a sine of theta over two. In there, <laughs> oh no, no, that should be over two. You're right. You're right. I can picture the image. That one makes okay, sense. Okay. Next up. One plus sine of theta over two. Uh, Haver sine. You're gonna have to explain your parentheses there. Oh yeah, you have to. One plus sine of theta quantity over two. So that entire part is on the top, and then there's a two. Haver cosine. He got it. But did he buzz? Did he buzz? He didn't buzz. He's behind both of you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Exterior cosecant. Blah. Two cosine. No. Is it cosine theta minus one? No. Is it the cosine of theta over two? No. Cosecant theta minus one. Juan picks it up for the final <laughs> point of the match. Oh. And Juan wins 
with four points. Cody has three, and Nathan has one. I want to thank. I, I had two. You bastard. Two. Two. Nathan has two. <laughs> uh, and I want to thank you all for listening to this very special episode of Combinations and Permutations, the game show. Goodbye. That's all the time we have for another episode of Combinations and Permutations. If you want to get a hold of me and leave any feedback, just let me know what exactly we are doing wrong, and even more importantly, how we can fix it. Send me an email at samuel at acmescience.com. Also, of course, visit acmescience.com for information and links that have something to do with the topics discussed on today's episode. The intro and outro music is from SP12, who you can find over at OpSound, O-P-S-O-U-N-D dot O-R-G. This podcast is, as all of the content on Acme Science, a Creative Commons attribution share-alike licensed podcast, which means I really want all of you to take all of the very nice things that were said about me on today's podcast and remix it and release it under your name so people won't get confused as long as you mention that it came from this podcast, of course. Once again, thank you all for listening and to listening to all of this now very rambling outro. Have a good week.